0: This is the Lindell Report, bringing you news combined with hope by offering practical and achievable action points to assist you in defending and preserving faith and freedoms. And now, here is your host, Mike Lindell. Hello, Brennan House here for Mike Lindell, who is speaking somewhere tonight. So he's asked me if I would hold down the fort. And we're going to do that. And we're going to have with us Garland Favorito with breaking news out of Georgia. And then we're going to be joined by Jefferson Davis with more breaking news out of Wisconsin. By the way, before we go to Garland, did you see how the, uh, the liberal media spun the 12 page letter by uh, the governor of, of, Ar- of, Arkansas, of Arizona yesterday? Uh, I read a, uh, what was it, Yahoo News or somewhere. Uh, spinning it as though his 12-page letter said, ah, you see, the, the Attorney General of Arizona says there's no election fraud. Really? Uh, that's not what we showed you last night in the screenshots, 12 screenshots from the 12 pages. But again, the media has a narrative that they have to keep pushing, so everybody believes it was the freest and fairest election in American history, when we know exactly the opposite is true. Last night, we were, oh, I guess you guys need to come plug in my computer. Last night, we were talking with uh, Mike about the uh, overseas ballots. It's known as the Uniformed and Overseas Citizen Absentee Voting Act. Uh, And this is, uh, of course, the acronym Mm -hmm. that Mike was talking about, the UOCOVA, UOCAVA, or UOCOVA, CAVA, it's U uh, O C A V A, U O C A V A, and it stands for again the Uniformed and Overseas Citizens uh, Absentee Voting Act. Now, what's being reported, uh, what we reported yesterday, and what some of the media picked up on now, is indeed that Mike Lindell is telling you, look, folks, look at the massive number of votes that came in from our military overseas, and ah, uh, they were most all for, were for. Joe Biden, the humongous percentage for Joe Biden. Uh, Does that seem like voter fraud to you? And it's possible that Joe Biden actually won the White House by the margin of these overseas votes. So we got into that last night. I want to ask both of my guests about that tonight. But we first are going to go to Garland Favorito with the breaking news out of Georgia today, they put out a press release dated. Here's the headline if you guys want to show it. Kemp Duncan blocked key election integrity bill to unseal ballots. Atlanta, Georgia, April 7th, 2022. A key in- huh? A key integrity provision to unseal Georgia election ballots was blocked at the last minute on Sinai die by Governor Brian Kemp and Lieutenant Governor Jeffrey Duncan, Duncan prevented the Senate from confirming House changes to Senate Bill 89, which included language to unseal Georgia election ballots and improve ballot chain of custody procedures. Huh. Let me text somebody here real quick. Uh, Let's continue. SB B89 language would have allowed counterfeit ballots to be detected and electronic votes to be verified. Wait, I like that. The language would have allowed counterfeit ballots to be detected and electronic votes to be verified. The provisions are essential to deter fraud in upcoming elections. I'd like to know more about that uh, ability to detect fraudulent ballots you would think in this day and age with the way we have the ability to detect counterfeit money you ever go to the bank you ever go to the bank and or or to a restaurant or somewhere and you hand them a hundred dollar bill and they reach over the cash register on top of the cash register and pull out that pen and make a mark of that hundred dollar bill it doesn't change colors or it shows the right color or whatever the the pen's supposed to do and they can tell that oh this is a legitimate hundred dollar bill Are you telling me that we don't have the technology to verify what is a legitimate ballot versus a fake ballot, a manufactured ballot, a counterfeit ballot? I think we do. I'll ask uh, Garland about that here in a minute. Legislators made ballot images public records in 2022 excuse me, 2021, but a year-long statewide voter GA analysis found it impossible to use them to verify the 2020 election results. Voter GA produced a 15-point analysis that revealed electronic tampering in over 500,000 ballot images prior to certification. Another voter GA study determined well over a million ballots across 70 counties were lost or destroyed despite federal and state retention laws. Experts previously concluded in court that all of the nearly 5 million images stored have inadequate resolution to authenticate the corresponding ballots. In other words, you couldn't do a full forensic audit if you wanted to. They're, They're covering their trail, apparently. They're hiding the evidence. They're cleaning up after the steal. Counterfeit ballots were discovered in the November 2020 Fulton County hand count audit by four senior managers and two audit monitors. SB 89 had the support of Republican House and Senate majorities, including the Speaker of the House and the Senate President Pro Tem, Butch Miller, who carried the bill. There is no rationale... No rational opposition against making ballot public since election officials retain custody of them during copying and inspection and can impose a reasonable charge, or excuse me, yeah, impose a reasonable charge for time extended under open records request laws. The language to unseal originated from a bipartisan bill, HB 933. It was just a one minute vote away from passage into law when Duncan blocked it. Despite the overwhelming evidence and support for Senate Bill 89, Duncan used dubious measures to prevent the legislature from taking corrective action on behalf of all Georgia voters. Duncan's maneuvering included his challenge, his challenged out of order ruling on the motion to vote, his repeated refusal to recognize the Senate President Pro Tem who has recognition priority, and his calling of a last hour 10-minute break that went on for nearly 37 minutes. Are you kidding me? Are you guys are you guys hearing this? And who did this? Georgia's lieutenant governor, Jeffrey Duncan. So again, we're running into the fact that some of our greatest enemies appear to be the Republicans. Wow. Incredible. Well, we'll get into some of that tonight with our guest. Um, All right, we're going to take a quick break. To come back, we'll get our guest, we'll get moving. Don't forget, if you appreciate this broadcast, uh, we need your support. One way you can support us and get something in return is by going to MyPillow.com, using that promo code L77, L77. Keep supporting the work of Mike Lindell, fix 2020, to save America, to get this all worked out, folks, so that our votes count. So many people, I think, are discouraged to even go and vote. They think, well, it doesn't matter. It's, it's an exercise of futility can't think like that, folks. If we do, they win. If we think that way, they win. That's what they want you to do. They want you to feel that it's an exercise of futility, that your vote doesn't count. We have to work. Preserving liberty and freedom is work. What did Ben Franklin say when asked, what kind of government did you give us? He said, uh, a republic, if you can keep it, ma'am, it's work. It's work to keep a free republic. So don't get discouraged. Don't get down. But you got to keep supporting us so we can keep doing what needs to be done. This is one of the few outlets, folks, where we can actually talk about these issues, interview people that need to be interviewed, who otherwise would go completely ignored. But this is how we reach the patriots of America. This is how we reach the freedom-loving constitutionalists and Christians and Americans that want to live in a free society and pass on a free nation to their children and grandchildren. So this is very important that we keep having your support because, folks, it costs an incredible amount of money to keep this TV network going. Absolutely incredible. And the thing is, we're growing so fast, we actually need we need to bring on more people to help us. Frankly, we're all overworked. <laughs> we're all overworked. We have our team come into the control room every morning around 7 a.m. And they don't leave until 10 p.m. But even then, the work continues because we're still monitoring in, in the control room. But I'm talking about the same team, the same group, Logan and Reagan, these guys, come in at 7 a.m., being in that control room till 10 p.m. That doesn't count all the other people that are working off-site or that keep monitoring the system when they actually go to bed so they can get some sleep. to get up and do it all over again, seven days a week. I'm on TV with Liddell four hours a day, counting his show and then my three hours. You know the hours it takes for work and research and study and collecting the news? Booking the guests, vetting them, we're overworked. We need, to, we need to hire more people, add on more people. We need to keep growing with the demand, but that takes resources to do. So if you appreciate what we're doing, please support what we're doing by going to MyPillow.com and using that promo code L77. We sure appreciate it. All right, we'll be right back after this break with our guests. It's going to be a great show. Tell your friends about it. Tweet, text, email, Facebook. Let them know we're here. LindellTV.com. We'll be right back. You're watching lindell tv hello i'm
1: mike lindell years ago when i invented my pillow i was faced with every adversity you could think of no retailers wanted to sell my pillow that's come full circle vendors took advantage of me and i was copied by china well by the grace of god i was able to get through all that and learn from it I have a passion to help other U.S. entrepreneurs, and that's why I created my new platform, MyStore.com. We have hundreds of products from amazing entrepreneurs. Today, I'm featuring my friends with the Bionic Wrench, a revolutionary American-made wrench that grips on all six sides. It is 14 wrenches in one. It's so easy to use. You just squeeze the handles, and it will automatically find the right size. The father and son team behind the bionic wrench have been fighting against Chinese knockoffs in court for years, but continue to make their products right here in the USA. This is the magic of the wrench. When you squeeze the handles, the six jaws come down and automatically find the right sized wrench. Even works on damaged or stripped nuts or bolts. These guys reinvented the wrench, Stop searching for the right sized wrench and get the patented gripping action of the bionic wrench. You just squeeze the handles, and it will be automatically find the right size. American-made and a proven winner. All you need to do is squeeze and turn just like using pliers. Everybody needs one, at home or on the road. There are thousands of uses for the Bionic Wrench. Never search for the right-sized wrench again. The Bionic Wrench is the only wrench you will ever need. This amazing American-made product is available right now at mystore.com. Just use the promo code on your screen. You can get the Bionic Wrench, regularly 40284 now only twenty-nine ninety-nine with your promo code. It's a great American-made gift. So go to mystore.com and use that promo code on your screen to get huge discounts on all my store products. Thank you and God bless.
0: And welcome back. Glad you are with us. All right, joining me now is Garland Favorito. I love saying his last name, as you guys know. Hey, Garland.
2: Hey, Brandon, thanks for having me on again.
0: No, uh, thank you for being on. I got your press release in my inbox today, and I thought, oh, i got to reach out to my friend Garland. So, Garland, I read your press release on the air. Uh, let's go through this a little bit. So you got uh, Brian Kemp, your governor, and your lieutenant governor, Jeff Duncan, blocking what looked like to be rather popular legislation overwhelmingly supported by the Republicans in both the House and the Senate, and even the backing of the Speaker of the House and the Senate, Senate pro tem. What the heck!
2: Uh, I know it's amazing. You can't make this stuff up, Brandon. It just it gets crazier every every time uh, you go down the uh, you know every day it goes by in Georgia. Um, so this one uh, this bill, there was as you said there was there was no opposition to it really, um, because what we we're trying to do is unseal the ballot, and um, that was basically the whole thing. The whole bill boiled down to unsealing the ballots and some improvements in chain of custody where uh, the test ballots were more tightly controlled so they couldn't be used as live ballots. So really, uh, really good features. (laughs) And the bill, um, the the bill was, uh, it went through the House. The Speaker uh, wanted it because it had had originally had a GBI provision in it. um, What does that mean, GBI? Uh, a Georgia Bureau of Investigation, where they could call in, uh, they would give them, grant them subpoena power to investigate uh, in case you know, the Secretary of State doesn't want to do their job. So that was another component that the Speaker wanted. So he was, he was backing air, uh, air changes, which were the the unsealing of the ballots, making a public record, and and the chain of custody. It flew through the the House. They literally got the thing approved in a day. Uh, They wanted it so bad over in the House. uh, All the senators in the Senate wanted it. Uh, We had lined that up. They negotiated all day. They all were ready to vote that through. And uh, so we went to, uh, also went to Brian Kemp's people and tried to line them up as well. But bottom line was that Jeff Duncan used. Uh, he was the lieutenant governor. Used a lot of little tricks and of uh, the trade, and some that really were were not uh, legitimate to block that bill and to prevent it from being passed uh, on what we call signing day, which is the last day of the legislative session.
0: Okay. So when was the last legislative day? Was that was that yesterday? Or when did this, all this happen? By the way, when did all this happened? Yeah,
2: yeah. It was actually Monday after midnight, so it was Tuesday morning. Uh, really, when when things wrapped up. And here's a so little we, graphic.
0: Here, here's a little graphic you sent.
2: Yeah, the sani day graphic.
0: Yep.
2: That that sort of uh, tells the story there. So the the um, you know the governor, you know, typically the lieutenant governor gets a phone call from the governor.
0: Is that is that and, is that the where he's on the phone right there?
2: That's right. He he gets that. That that's pretty typical for sani day, and he, that happened. Uh, on Sandy Day, which was Monday, uh, he gets the phone call. Governor says it's okay, and then he knows that he can shut things down, uh, and and that's exactly uh, what what he did. He had already rejected the election integrity bill, uh, and um, by not allowing that to come to the floor for a vote, challenging the Senate President uh, of all people, and uh, he refused to ignore the Senate President. The Senate President has priority to be recognized over every other senator. And the senator was trying to get the recognition in order to ask for a vote on the bill. This was the last vote we needed. We had already been through a committee, uh, two committees in the House, the Elections Integrity Committee, the Rules Committee, the House um, um, uh, floor vote. We had a Senate committee earlier and uh, rules is over there. So this was literally the last vote needed to make this p- law. Now, and, if uh, it
0: had passed, was it going to require Kemp's signature?
2: Yeah, it would have required Kemp's signature, and of course, Kemp would have been forced to sign the bill. So because he would he would lose the election in the primary if he didn't sign it, uh, you know he would just be ridic- ridiculed. For, uh, is he going to
0: uh, win anyway?
2: I don't think so. I think this is really going to be a death knell for him.
0: When is uh, what is the primary?
2: Uh, it starts. The actual date is May the 24th. But early voting starts around the 2nd of May. And, um, and who is
0: he running done. against? I mean, is there an uh, uh, America First candidate running against him?
2: Yeah. So he's running against the uh, U.S. Senator David Perdue and uh, Candace Taylor. Oh, that's
0: right.
2: Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So um, he's, he's, got some, he's got some significant co- um, competition there. And so we, we tried to line up his people in advance on Sunny die. So we went over there and uh, morning, afternoon and evening, we said, look, this is a great bill coming through. There's no opposition to it. Here is a chance for Brian Kemp. Here's a chance for you to shine and show your commitment to election integrity. You have talked it again, but now you can prove it simply. And all we want you to do is call the lieutenant governor and ask him to brain it for a vote. That's all we asked for. We just wanted to vote it up or vote it down because we knew the Republican senators would pass that bill unanimously. They were waiting to do that. There's, there, are A lot of them are extremely angry right now with what went down. But Brian Kemp uh, obviously told uh, Jeff Duncan, don't let that bill out, I'm not signing it. Brian Kemp was already on record as saying he didn't want any election integrity bills coming across his desk.
0: And why, uh, why? What? And, first of all, why, why? And then the second question is, Duncan, he's obviously a Republican. Did they run as a ticket or did they run individually?
2: Well, they ran individually, Brian. So the first question is why? Um, Why uh, did Kemp do that? The only rational explanation you can come up with is that he intends to cheat in the upcoming primary, and he doesn't want us to have ballots as public records, because once ballots are public record, we can use them to verify the electronic vote totals, and we can use them to detect counterfeit ballots. So we would be all over and getting, getting those right away and on the, any kind of suspicious uh, results came up. So that really gives him cover to cheat if he chooses to do that. And I, I can't see any other rationale for opposing something that virtually uh, uh, almost everyone in the entire Republican Party wanted.
0: Do you think he got in there the first time by cheating?
2: You know, uh, there has been some accusations about that. Uh, I can't tell you for sure, but here's what I can tell you about Lieutenant Governor Jeff Duncan in 2018. And I put this in a letter that we posted on our website, but Jeff Duncan was selected for office. He was not elected to office. And I say that because he came out of nowhere to win the Republican primary for Lieutenant Governor after he received a couple of million dollars in dark money for attack ads against his opponent, David Schaefer. David Schaefer is the, currently the chair of the GOP in Georgia. He was the odds-on favored to win because he was uh, the former uh, Senate Majority Leader, um, and uh, Senate, I'm sorry, Senate President. So he was expected to win. He knew the ropes of the Senate. He, had, he was the President. And uh, it was a logical choice he was, and suddenly Jeff Duncan came out with his dark money. They made a lot of false uh, attack ads on Schaefer about most of the information that they put out, put out was false. So Duncan wins the primary. Then he goes to the general election, and we had the most mysterious undervote in electronic voting history, where the uh, voting system shorted his opponent by about 4 or 5% of the vote. And we did a study on this. We put it up on Voter GA, um, uh, the studies tab, which talks about uh, the um, un- unresolved security risk of ballot marking devices. And what we found was that we believe, according to affidavits, that in heavily minority areas that favored his opponent, that race was non-displayed on the voting system. So the people did not get a chance to vote in, in the lieutenant governor's race if some of them, this happened randomly, if they were in minority uh, uh, dominant precincts. So the way they set this up was when you went to the summary screen, if you realized that that election, that race was off the ballot and you clicked to go back to it, then it displayed properly and you would record your vote. But if you didn't realize that and you were in a minority precinct, which favored his, his Democratic opponent, uh, Sarah Riggs Reeves- Amico, then you would have failed to cast your vote for the Democrat in that race. So very suspicious in the primary and very suspicious in the general. And that's how he came to power out of nowhere.
0: And when you say dark money, explain to the audience what you mean by dark money and for the sake of national security uh, and your state security, why, why is it in this day and age we can't track and know the source of that dark money? Again, why is there, is there not a law in your state that makes it illegal not to be able to track and know every dollar coming to a candidate?
2: Well, we, we, yes, we, do. we are able to do that. For example, we, we uh, found out that a lot of money came in from the civic org- organization uh, out of Washington, and they had gotten the money, uh, we believe, from another uh, individual in Ohio, and, um, but there was also a, like a PAC set up that was running all, in fact, it was a couple of PACs, really, but one in particular that was running the ad, so those PACs are not subject to campaign finance disclosures in the same way that the candidates are. So they're able to do a little of that dirty deed, that dirty work uh, under the table without uh, full accounting of of their finances. Mm, mm.
0: All right. So your session is now closed. This was a ton of work and it was wanted by the majority of the House and the Senate, your speaker of the House, the Senate pro tem. And yet the lieutenant governor and the governor, uh, Brian Kemp and um, what's his name? Lieutenant Governor Jeff Duncan, uh, Duncan. killed
2: it. Uh, yeah, exactly. And even uh, you know, even one of the uh, governor's floor leaders was was trying to back us and help us out.
0: One of the um, what?
2: One of the, even one of the governor's floor leaders was trying. Really? Was, was, in, was in favor of, of of our bill. Yes, and um, so he split with the governor on it. When you
0: I, when it says here that. The language, the SB 89 language, would have allowed counterfeit ballots to be detected. How how would have it done that? What what would have been? Because that's you know, we, I was saying before you came on, you know, you go to hand someone a hundred dollar bill at the, uh, you know, a restaurant or somewhere, they take that little pin out and draw on it. You can tell it's a, oh, it's a legitimate, and they take the hundred dollar bill. So there's got to be a way. Then this sounds pretty interesting, the technology to, to verify what is a, a legitimate versus a counterfeit ballot. Tell me about that.
2: Well, right. That's right, Brandon. So what we would do in that case, once they're open records, we would uh, request a 600 DPI scan of the balance. And of course, we as the requester would have to pay for that and the time, but we would be able to get the actual uh, high resolution scans. And from those high resolution scans, we would be able to detect the counterfeit balance. Uh, the other thing we would be able to do is to inspect the ballots uh, we, uh, while they're in the custody of the elections officials. So that would be another way that we could uh, be able to, um, you know, uh, check to make sure that the the ballots are in fact legitimate ballots. You know, we we had those sworn affidavits in the in the November 2020 election that there were counterfeits found in the in the Fulton County audit. So. That was one of the things that we were trying to stop. And this was the most important piece of legislation that we wanted. There were other things we wanted uh, ballot drop box uh, banning. Uh, we, we banned outdoor drop boxes. We wanted to tighten down the loopholes in that. We wanted to tighten down the loopholes in private money. Uh, we banned the private money last time, but there's still loopholes. But there's ways that we can tighten those down. But this was the most critical piece of legislation for election integrity, and uh, this was the golden nugget. We got, ba- we got ballot images public last year, but we found out that the ballot images weren't good enough um, because we, we found, as you, you know, as we showed on your show, um, I guess it was last month, we showed the tampering of the ballot images in Fulton County is uh, a conclusive proof uh, from my perspective that the images were tampered with. So now we know that we can't rely on the images to verify the results. We have to have the physical balance and Brian Kemp and Jeff Duncan shut us down to prevent us from, from really having uh, the assurance that we have election integrity in the upcoming 2022 primaries and election.
0: And so again, it's the Republicans that seem to be helping to destroy our republic. Uh,
2: eg- exactly. These are uh, rhinos, Republicans in name only. Uh, they are uh, more difficult to deal with in, in, than the Democrats. In Georgia, the Democrats don't have really much power at all, so they're not really a factor. Uh, it's the Republican establishment that does keeps uh, doing this to us over and over again. And that's why I'm, you know, we're, we're, a lot of people down here are very excited with the, uh, uh, Trump's uh, Save First America agenda and his First America candidate slate. Uh, they are um, advocating a replacement of the governor, lieutenant governor and the secretary of state and the attorney general, most importantly, um, all uh, looking like they have some good candidates there. So. And by the way,
0: our, uh, the last Trump rally we carried this last week was was in Georgia, wasn't it? You spoke.
2: That's right. That was in uh, northeast Georgia, up in Commerce, Georgia. Uh, and, 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 uh, and I saw
0: you speaking. You did a great job.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, well, I tried to lay out as many facts uh, as I could. I went way over time. Uh, I was supposed to be only about five or six minutes. Ended up being about 10 or 11.
0: You know what? But, That's all right, because I saw they had a lot of, lot of, as always, a lot of dead time between the time the last speaker spoke and President Trump came out. So why not?
2: Yeah, he was very late uh, for some reason. I don't know why, uh, but lot, very late getting there. So Like an hour uh, late. I know. I could have filled up an hour with more facts. Well, I, I actually I could...
0: said that at one point. I said, why don't they just let Garland come out there and uh, do a whole presentation? I mean, you could have filled it up.
2: Yeah, we could have put the slides on the, on the jumbotron and, and really had a field day.
0: Yeah, you could have. So uh, tell me before I let you go, where, where, for two questions. A, where does it go now? Where does it go now? And then B, after you spoke at the Trump rally, what has that done for your organization?
2: Well, I I think it's it's been great um and, you know every time we speak we have a ton of volunteers there so they they are support you know uh, distributing information and uh while we're there and uh it it's extremely helpful uh to to speak at a rally it's very exciting to speak with anywhere from 20 to 50,000 people Absolutely uh, uh, yeah, so it's 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 really really great, uh, and it, it's it's tremendous. And the other thing that's tremendous, uh, Brandon, is coming on, uh, you know, coming on your show, uh, and uh, Worldview weekend and Lindell TV. Uh, it we we notice a bump every time we we come on the show. Oh, so good. That, that's a huge huge uh, benefit for us. So I'm always grateful to come over and discuss these. I'm and really thankful that you have us on so often
0: well we're glad to do it we're glad to do it and um let me ask you about uh voter fraud then this fall how how much well nancy pelosi did you see the clip by the way of nancy pelosi talking about how the democrats aren't going anywhere this fall they're not going anywhere (laughs) um is, is she demented or is she telegraphing to us massive voter fraud and that's how she knows she's not going anywhere
2: Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> well, I didn't know if you meant the party was not going anywhere or she's not going. Oh, so no, she's that,
0: saying that the like this fall that she's not worried about this fall. Yeah. She's not worried about the yeah. election. They're going nowhere. They they are that they're going to be here. They're going to be in power. They're not going to lose.
2: Yeah, uh that that's fascinating. Uh you know, um I I can't imagine the majority of Americans who want forced vaccinations and mass mandates and uh, higher taxes and war. I mean, that's those are not things that most of the American people want, and I, I don't know how they can not associate those with with the uh, with the Nancy Pelosi's Democratic Party right now. So I, I don't I don't know. Uh, you you raise a really good point, Brandon. Uh, I there's no question that I think both the Democrats and Republicans want to cheat. I feel like it's our huh. job to, to try to stop them and uh, we're going to do everything we can to you know try to use every conceivable thing that we have in our power to verify the election results and make sure uh, both parties are not cheating. So the
0: headline really tonight is Rhino Republicans and Democrats both want to cheat the fall election from America America first voters. And I and I would put many Democrats in the America first voters block? Because I think a lot of them want to put America first. They're sick and tired of shipping our jobs overseas, uh, shipping our money overseas. Uh, I, th- I think there are a lot of Democrats that are becoming America first voters. What say you?
2: Uh, yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, I, I think that, I mean, really, I mean, what's the choice? I mean, we, you've seen that what, what's happened in the last uh, year or two, and it's been incredibly disturbing when you compare it what, uh, to the last year of uh, President Trump's a term, so um, I think that it's they're you know they're going to be in a lot of trouble, and that you know they're going to have to resort to to cheating in order to win. So, what we want to do is is like exactly what you just said, Brandon. We want to uh, basically make sure that we have a fair election that protects the the America First agenda, uh, so that they have a fair shot at getting. Uh, the, the the people's votes and the, having the votes counted correctly and that, that's all we're looking to do have a, is have a fair election and I think if we have a fair election I think that the you know, America's first candidates are going to to come through yeah.
0: give your website it's on the screen um, voterga.org right
2: yeah voterj.org uh you know we appreciate all the support that the listeners have given us and we we have all the information that we discussed tonight is up there as well as the donation tab and, and brandon i want to tell everybody i do not take a salary i am working as a volunteer um, and uh, so all the money that we collect does go to lawsuits and investigative research
0: excellent uh... VoterGA.org. VoterGA.org. As always, great to have you with us, Garland. Appreciate it.
2: Thank you, Brian. Always great to be with you. Appreciate all you're
0: doing. Garland Favorito checking in tonight. And then we're going to be joined here in just a minute by Jefferson Davis out of Wisconsin with new news coming out of Wisconsin. Um, Let's take a quick break. Come back and Jefferson Davis will join us. It's The Lindell Report. Your host, Mike Lindell. I'm sitting in for him tonight as he's out speaking. Uh, You ever seen that book, Where's Waldo? It's kind of like, where's Lindell? You never know. He just pops up. He calls me. I'm like, where are you? He tells me. A couple hours later, he calls me, where are you? He's somewhere else. He's a lot of times a different city, different state. So it's hard to keep track, and and a lot of times I don't even ask him anymore where he's at. But he's out somewhere speaking tonight, and that's why he can't be with us. Uh, No, wait a minute. I think I just remembered. I think he's at Mar-a-Lago tonight. I think he's at Mar-a-Lago tonight uh, uh, speaking uh, and taking part in a fundraising event, I think, for uh, Carrie Lake, who's running for governor of Arizona. I think that's where he's at right now. It just dawned on me where he's at. So that's where he's at tonight. He's trying to work on that. He's at Mar-a-Lago with President Trump and Carrie Lake. Again, she's running for governor of Arizona. Been a guest here several times and with us twice in person here at the news desk. She was with us uh, in July last year. Last August, 1st of August at CPAC in uh, Dallas, and she was with me at the news desk at uh, CPAC this past year in Orlando. So yeah, so that's where he is at tonight, just remembered. All right, we'll take a quick break, be joined by Jefferson Davis. Don't go away. Jefferson Davis joins me now from the great state of Wisconsin. Jefferson, welcome back to the broadcast to Lindell TV to the Lindell Report. Thanks for being with us.
3: Hey, Brandon. Good to be with you. Looking forward to being on your show.
0: Well, we appreciate your making time for us. It's been a couple weeks probably since we've gotten an update from you, and uh, we had so many other pressing issues. And, so, you know, we're so busy watching Arizona, uh, Georgia. We just had Garland on. Uh, so Arizona, Georgia. Michigan. We're so busy with so many states, but we got to get our attention back over to what's going on in Wisconsin. So let's do that tonight. Give us an update since we last talked to you, please.
3: Sure. So we work as a citizen group for the whole state of Wisconsin, and you can see the map over my shoulder. All 72 counties, we have volunteers that scour the internet, that watch your program. Whenever we go out and speak, hey, I saw you on Brandon House's program. I listened to you on the Brandon House Radio Show. So you have a lot of support here in Wisconsin. Well, well I appreciate
0: that, and of course, one reason why is Lindell TV is growing, the other reason is of course we're on the VCY America Radio Network that uh, is on 60 radio stations every day that blankets Wisconsin. Is based in Milwaukee. So, so I guess after being on radio for literally 27 years, um, it'd be a, it'd be a kind of a, a problem if no one's listening after 27 years. I should hang it up. I know, I've been I'm getting kind of well, my kids are like. To the, to the, you know, Dad, you're getting you're getting up there. No wonder you got a following. You've been doing this long enough. You should, by this point, you should hang it up, right? <laughs>
3: no, you can't do that. Uh, we need you in the game. So just to kind of quantify that, a week ago I had an open forum debate with Megan wolf from oh, the Wisconsin. Oh yeah. Commission.
0: By the way, we've got. I meant I talked to the guy that did that with you. What was what's his name again? Help me with his name.
3: Joe Gigante from the Green Bay radio station.
0: Yes, and I talked to Joe last week on the phone. Of course, and again, I apologize, Joe, for not remembering your name, because I talk to only 1,000 people a week now, uh, thanks to Mike Lindell and everybody else he brings to my direction. And so I'm all trying right. to keep up with everybody's name. I mean, just tonight I'm going to be interviewing a new, a new guy who's running for Congress in Oklahoma. I got someone next week that uh, General Flynn has introduced me to. It's just I can barely keep up. So I got new names flying in and out of my head all the time. But I talked to Joe last week, and Joe uh, has a radio show in Wisconsin. I think he's about to be syndicated. But as we talked on the phone, it turned out Joe and I knew a lot of the same people going back to the early 90s. So it's such a small world. But Joe started telling me about you and, and himself. So you, Jefferson Davis and Joe, debating Megan and some other person with the Wisconsin Election Commission and that it's actually on video, I understand, right? Right. And the
3: person that set it up, to his credit, is State Representative Ron Tussler, He's from the Augamee, Calumet, and Winnebago County area, the tri-county area, and he hosted. Somehow, he got Megan Wolf and her her um, information technology director, Robert Kehoe. Aren't you shocked? Comes. Aren't you shocked? I, they I, re- was stunned. I was totally stunned. I because Megan Wolf does not come out of that office at all unless she speaks with liberal progressive organizations or Democrat legislators.
0: So, are they? What are they? Are they just being kind or are they so overconfident?
3: No, what, what happened was, and I, I appreciate that question, what happened was, is Representative Tussler, who used to be the chairman of the Assembly Campaign and Elections Commission here in Wisconsin for the Assembly, he, he suggested to Megan at a hearing that, you know, you need to get out more and meet the public. And Megan Wolf, the executive director, and Robert Kehoe, the information technology director, graciously accepted his offer. And they showed up last week in Representative Tussler's district. And of all topics, Brandon, that they would decide to talk about was the 2020 election. So Joe Gigante calls me, he was one of the panelists. He says, Jefferson, what are you what are you doing? Uh, I think it was like Tuesday or Wednesday night. I said, what's up? He said, well, we're having this forum with Megan and Robert Keo from the Wisconsin Elections Commission. Can you come? I said, sure. So, Brandon, and I took all of my three ring binders from Justice Gabelman to the Wisconsin Elections Commission to the Legislative Audit Bureau, all of these reports. And we took them in, and we had a two hour, excuse me, a three hour forum. Brandon, we had over 250 people. They almost ran out of chairs in this big golf course banquet room. And the people were totally, totally glued to the open forum. And and as a result, Robert Kehoe, Megan's uh, IT director, said to me, well, Mr. Davis, maybe we can meet after this meeting and go over some of these things. So we quickly assembled our national team in the areas of national security voting machines and operation systems, kinematic analysis of the ballots, our scientists and our data analysts that would be more than happy to meet with the Wisconsin election commission the executive director, and their IT director, and the entire staff, and open it up to the public. So they extended that invitation to us. We sent them an email last week saying thank you. We haven't heard from them. Uh, We've given them until tomorrow to get back to us, and we hope they will, because we want this to be an advocacy standpoint relationship, not an adversarial. Brandon, we have to get it right here in Wisconsin. Some of the updates I'm going to give you tonight are absolutely... stunning and shocking what was allowed to happen in 2020, but we're going to get to the bottom of it as soon as possible.
0: So give me, uh, uh, how did, you know, basically the bird's eye view, how did the debate or the forum go with Megan?
3: Well, she was very gracious. Uh, She's a very bright individual. She's articulate. She's well-spoken. But some of the things, the takeaways, Brandon, were this. And and of course, I have her report, I have Justice Gableman's report, I have all of this in three ring binders by verse and chapter. And three or four of the things that we shared with Megan was, according to her data, there was a 94% voter turnout in Wisconsin in the 2020 election. Well, Brandon, I don't have to tell you and your viewers, that's impossible. Scientifically, and from an analytical data standpoint, that is absolutely impossible. But yet, on the WEC website and in their report that they gave to the legislature in February of 2021, from the November 3rd, 2020 election, they specifically say 3.3 million people voted in Wisconsin out of 3.5 million registered voters. And we did a download of their data, put it into a website, www.statbandit Dot com, and all 72 counties, we have the data and that website. And it's a 94% average across the state. Now, Brandon, that's, that is not possible. And, and Megan took exception to that. And she said, well, that's not how we express that. And we said, well, how do you express it? She said, well, 4.6 million people in Wisconsin are eligible to vote. And of those 4.6 million, 3.6 million voted. Well, that's still a 71% turnout. Which is, which is not possible. It does not happen in America, and in particular, Wisconsin. So we had to reduce it down to this. If there are 100 people in this room that are registered eligible voters, and 94 of them voted, what would be that percentage? And she said 94%. And I said, that's what you have on your website. Then the second thing that was kind of stunning and startling was, she said in Wisconsin, you cannot have a full forensic, physical, and cyber audit. And what that means, Brandon, is, cyber is the machines, physical is the ballot, and then canvassing is the, the auditing part where we go and make sure that 12 people didn't vote from one trailer house up in Pepin, Wisconsin. She said, you can't do that, that's illegal. Well, she finally corrected herself and said, yes, that is legal, you can do that. And then the third thing that was very stunning, and there were many, she said, none of the voting machines in Wisconsin are hooked up to the internet. And we got Justice Gableman's report out because he's been investigating this for almost a year. And we said, well, right here in the report, it says if there's a modem connected to the machine, of course, they're accessible from a foreign country or a foreign person or, or whomever's trying to manipulate this. And she goes, well, okay, in that case, then they are accessible to the internet. So it was a very healthy exchange. The people were totally engaged. And we're hoping that we can sit down and um, just point some of these things out from our national team, who are willing to drop what they're doing and come to Wisconsin and come alongside Megan and her staff and the commission and develop a working relationship, Brandon, for free.
0: So these people will come has, here for free. Has anyone grabbed these clips? Is there somewhere we can play yes. some of these clips? Yes,
3: Yes. excellent. So go to, uh, to Google Representative Tussler from Wisconsin and go to his page. And he has on his page the video footage of the three-hour meeting. And I think he posted it on his Facebook page. So right. you can either, either you can go to his assembly page or you can go to his Facebook page and see this and so see here's the what exchange. I, for
0: the sake of time, though, we need to get the minute marks and, and the sure. clips, because what I'd like to do is just pull two or three of these clips to play in the next couple of days.
3: Sure, That would, and, and what I just shared with you will be on there, and um, it's it's quite stunning.
0: Excellent. All right, I want to show this, by the way, statbandit.com, statbandit.com. Look at this. This is this is it. When you get there, it's a pretty simple-looking page, but you could pick any of these. So let's pick St. Croix County right here. I think the St. Croix River runs right through here. I've water skied on that several times. That is uh, correct. Th- this is what divides Minnesota and Wisconsin right here. The Mississippi uh, Yes, and the St. Croix River in the Mississippi. It's the St. Yep. Croix River up by the by the Twin Cities, though, isn't it? That is correct. That's correct. All right. Yep. Uh, so here we go. We, quit, we click St. Croix County, and tell me what I'm looking at, please. Okay, so this is the data
3: that Megan is so proud of that she has put on her website for the 2020 election results. And when we started looking into this starting in last August, we had a an IT data guy, brilliant fella. He's like Dr. Frank and Jeff O'Donnell and, and Colonel Smith. He's in that category. He just said to us, Jefferson, this is, this is not possible. I said, what are you talking about? He said, there's no way that 3.3 million people, registered voters out of 3.5 million registered voters voted. That is statistically impossible. So if you look at that, those sheets, that'll show you every single polling place in St. Croix County. Then if you go all the way over to the right, Brandon, there's going to be about the fifth or sixth column from the right, you're going to see a percentage, which is registered voters to ballots, And you're going to see some of them in that shaded area. And they're all going to be
0: in the 90% range, if I'm not mistaken, from memory. 92, 95, 97, 95, 97, 94, 98, 94, 96, 93. Impossible. That does not happen.
3: Normally you get 53 to 57 in a really, really good presidential year, but here's how they did it, Brandon, if you, if you don't mind me commenting on that. Yeah. So here in Wisconsin, I was not part of the text message thread, I was not part of the meetings with Michael Spitzer, Rubenstein, and David Becker, and Josh Goldman, and Ryan Chu, and all of these Zuckerberg people that parachuted into Wisconsin with their $10.3 million. I was not part of those meetings. But here's what they did. They had a, from what we can tell, there's, this is the only plausible explanation how this happened, those numbers that you just showed. And when you do all 72 counties, the numbers are going to be almost identical to what you just showed your viewers. So the seven point plan was this. And remember, Brandon, Michael Spitzer Rubenstein, we have the receipts. Justice Gableman has the receipts. He bragged to the clerks, I have a software program that we can go down to the ward level because we buy the voter rolls from the state of Wisconsin my vote Wisconsin there's 7.2 million names on there and of those 7.2 million 3.5 million are legal registered voters they're eligible to vote he was telling the clerks i know on a daily basis who has voted and who hasn't and i can do this for you this was part of the covid ruse There was no COVID scare in Wisconsin in November of 2020 from a voting perspective, but this is how they cheated and lied and steal, and then they sued us. So the seven-point plan, very clearly, we're figuring this out, and this will be coming out eventually, is number one, they went to the nursing homes. In Wisconsin, we have 1,121 long-term care facilities, and that's ripe for the picking of 92,000. Now, how did they do that? They bought the list from the state of Wisconsin, $12,500. They did it 58 times, and between October 20th and November 3rd, they bought it every single day to see who voted and came back from these nursing homes. What the public doesn't know, and Justice Gableman is investigating this, in law here in Wisconsin, you're supposed to have a special voting deputy go to the nursing home, meet the resident, make sure they're competent, make sure they feel a battle out. They sign their name. There's a witness, they put it in the envelope, they take it back to the clerk's office. And Brandon House and Jefferson Davis are those two special voting deputies. Megan Wolf and the commission in Wisconsin broke the law in 2020 and said, we don't have to have that here in 2020 because of the COVID ruse. So that was ripe for the picking 92,000. The second thing they did, Brandon, is they flooded the zone with absentee ballot requests. Wherever I go in the state of Wisconsin and I ask this question, every single hand goes up when I said, did any of you get the absentee ballot request in the mail? Every single hand goes up. And I said, how many of you requested the absentee ballot? Every single hand goes down. So they flooded the zone there. Then they flooded the zone number three with the early voting between October 20th and November 3rd. They knew from the nursing homes, they knew from the absentee ballot requests that were coming back in, and from the early voting, their numbers weren't coming out. They were way, 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 way behind by hundreds of thousands of votes. So the fourth thing that they did is they went to the indefinitely confined. That's a statute in Wisconsin that says if you're bound at home, you can not have to show voter ID, and you can vote from home with an absentee ballot. We'll send it to you automatically. Well, the Wisconsin Election Commission and the clerk from Milwaukee County and Dane County said in 2020, hey, because of COVID, just just say that you're indefinitely confined and you're afraid you're going to die and get sick if you go and vote in public. That number, Brandon, went from 66,000, which it normally was, to 267,000. Brandon, we're talking about real beans now. 92,000 in the nursing home, 267,000 indefinitely confined. And the fifth thing that they did when their numbers weren't coming out, because they bought the list every single day towards the end of the election, they said, we've got to flood the zone with the illegal ballot harvesting. So we have quantified 137,551 ballots, thanks to True the Vote, which I'll comment on in a second. We were able to quantify that in just three areas. Brown County, Racine, and Milwaukee. Well, Brandon, now we're up to 457,000. Then what they did is they had the ERIC's mover list. Megan Woof, who's the executive director of the Wisconsin Election Commission, is also the chairman of the board for ERIC, and that's Electronic, <laughs> Electronic Registration Information Center.
0: Which 31 they- states or something used, right?
3: That, that is correct. Which is filled with Funded. all kinds of
0: bad, dirty names, phantom voters. I mean, people who've been exactly. dead a long time, etc. moved. And to quantify
3: that here in Wisconsin, they're supposed to be able to tell who moved from Wisconsin to Minnesota. We had 205,000 people on that list, and we now know that 69,000 of them voted. So now we're over 500,000 Wait, let me people. make
0: sure I understand that. 69,000 people that moved from Wisconsin to Minnesota voted in the Wisconsin election. 69,000 that moved to a different state. Okay, 69,000 people that used to live in Wisconsin moved to different states. 69,000 of them are voting in your Wisconsin election. And you and I both know that probably not one of those 69,000 actually went back to that state and did an illegal act. The computer voted for them. Right, and I I can quantify that. So
3: in Wisconsin, we have very good election laws if they're followed. If they're followed by Republicans, it's good. But if it's followed by Democrats, they can cheat. So here's what we found out according to Megan Wolf's report. Of that 205,000, Brandon, postcards have to be sent out to Brandon House if he hasn't voted in four years. 187,000 postcards went out in August of 2021. We wanted them to go out in 2020 and take them off the list before the election, but the Democrats sued and the Supreme Court said keep them on the list. This is going to shock you, Brandon of the 187 th- postcards that went out, and this was finalized in August of 2021 after the election, 12,000 said, yep, keep me on the list. 63,000 Brandon were sent back to the Wisconsin Election Commission and said, Brandon House doesn't exist. That address doesn't exist. 112,000 Brandon are still floating around the state of Wisconsin, along with 86,000 absentee ballots that are still floating around and were never returned to Wisconsin. And remember, Joe Biden won the state of Wisconsin illegally, I believe, by 20,682, and I've got two more things that they did, but I'll defer to you now if I you got, want me to take I I that got I, got
0: I got like a minute and a half, and then, then the show's over. Oh Can my you, Lord, I'm sorry. That's all right. Can you tell me about this real quick? The Uniformed and Overseas Citizen Absentee Voting Act overview, These, this is also known as the UOCAVA, um, Because Mike was talking about how many of these ballots coming from our military overseas, overwhelming majority, all for Joe Biden. What are the odds of that? Well, you've
3: just given us more work to do and say thanks to Mr. Lindell. We're a little bit burning the candle at both ends here in Wisconsin, uncovering all of this. But we are going to look into that. We're going to find out how many votes or ballots there were in 2020. And we're going to do an open records request to see how many of them went to President Trump and how many went to the other guy that's pretending to be president right now under the elder abuse law. And then you have any other breaking news in 30 seconds? We do. So a big rally is being planned for April 30th. It's a Saturday. These Patriot groups in Wisconsin are going to have this big rally. The second big breaking news is thanks to your broadcasting, True the Vote has been contacted by law enforcement officials to start looking at those mules that did the ballot harvesting. That's all I can say right now, but we've already started the process. Come here back Wisconsin. as
0: soon as you know more, and then we'll have to get you on next week because, what is it, the 13th of April, the Supreme Court makes a decision in Wisconsin about drop boxes, right? That is correct. All right, we'll be talking to you on the 13th. Thank you, Jefferson Davis. All right. Thanks, Appreciate Brandon. it. All right, great show tonight. Again, I'm sure we all miss Mike Lindell. I know I do. I actually have to work harder when he's not here. What's that all about? All right, he will be back with us, we hope, tomorrow night. And hopefully you'll support his work. Take care. You're watching Lindell TV.